concerning spiritual gifts. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to dumb idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one that is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers, to another, prophecy, to another, distinguishing between Spirits, to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues and to a still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Moira, very much indeed. It's a real pleasure to be looking at this passage with you this morning from 1 Corinthians 12. If you want to follow it, either in the Bibles or on your phones, uh, please do. We'll be looking at uh, the passage that Moira read for us, in particular looking at verses uh, 4 through to 11. I'd like to start by saying something that's really obvious uh, but is important. Uh, The best football teams are not entirely composed of strikers. If they were, uh, they'd... Uh, do well some of the time, but they'd be crushed on the counterattack, wouldn't they? It'd be a disaster. The best orchestras, with all respect to any trombone players here, uh, are not made up entirely of trombone players. Uh, The result would be loud, definitely brassy, definitely, but potentially a little insensitive in some passages. The best and the most Christ-honoring season for Christchurch at this time is not a church full of Simons. And you can quietly choose from the many obvious reasons why that is. This passage teaches, in particular, in verses 4 to 6, that in the church, the body of Christ, there is a diversity of gifts, all given by the same Spirit. So in that first section, that's just hammered home really clearly. Diversity of gifts... Same spirit, different people with different gifts, uh, even as we've seen uh, this morning in the way uh, that this service is operating. And that has some really important consequences. Uh, Surprise, surprise, breaking news, we are not all the same. Each one of us is unique, and so there will be some service that only you can offer at this church. There will be some people that only you can reach through the ministries of this church. 
And so we, as a body, as a congregation, are incomplete without your Holy Spirit-inspired service. Now, this in theory will lead us to celebrating and respecting the Holy Spirit gifts given to other people, to celebrate the sheer dazzling diversity of gifts and characters and personalities that we have in our church and the sheer diversity of uh, people who are serving in a myriad of different ways. And so that's the theory that this truth, different gifts, same spirit, will lead to celebrating and rejoicing rather than what sometimes happens in churches, which is one of two things, either belittling looking down your nose at other people and thinking, well, they don't do the cool stuff that I do, or equally corrosive, jealousy, looking at other people and saying, well, if only, if only I was as caring as Sue Collinson. If only I could pray with people in the way that Sue does, then I would be a great Christian. So those twin things of jealousy and belittling can cripple us when this gift of diversity from the Spirit is supposed to make us celebrate and rejoice that there is a diversity of gifts given by the one Spirit. These are all gifts of grace from the Holy Spirit. Talking about these gifts presumes that each of us has a continuing encounter with God, both as we gather together publicly to worship and also in our own spiritual walk with God day by day. It it assumes this, that we are encountering the Holy Spirit, that we are praying, come Holy Spirit, that we are seeking to be revived and energized by the Holy Spirit. Now, the way that the Holy Spirit empowers me might be different to the way that the Holy Spirit empowers you, but the whole presumption of this passage is that each of us are keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, as Paul says elsewhere, that we are being empowered by the Spirit. So the main point of today is that we as a community have a huge diversity of gifts, and we have a huge diversity of opportunities to serve, all of us at different stages and seasons of our lives, but that what unites us It's not that we look the same, act the same, can do the same thing, but what unites us is that we are all given gifts by the Spirit to serve God wholeheartedly in our community. The second point in this passage comes in verse 7, where Paul says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given, what for? For the common good. So the Spirit gives these gifts not for our own sense of satisfaction, brackets, although many of us who serve find that it is immensely fulfilling to serve when, in a sense, we feel that we're doing the thing that God made us to do. So, but that's not the purpose. That's, in a sense, a lovely byproduct. So the purpose is that we serve for the common good, not to, to boost our own ego, but to serve the common good. So when we serve, we are giving ourselves to something bigger, the kingdom of God. 
And as Kev said in that video, that will inevitably require sacrifice and generosity. Sometimes it will feel great. So there are some Sundays or midweek things that I walk home from and I'm just on cloud nine. I think that was so great to be part of that. Others, if we're honest, will be something of a drudge. But the reason that we do this is for the common good and understanding that the church can't thrive or flourish or really be alive if everybody is passive watching a few weirdos going mad and doing everything at the front. Uh, This week, we're starting an exercise uh, called uh, We Are the Church. And what we've done is that we've tried to sort of uh, separate some of the key things that we do into three different streams. Uh, The first one is what happens here on a Sunday. Uh, The second one is what happens here midweek. And the third one is what happens in our city and beyond. Uh, It's not an exhaustive list. We haven't included everything. But what we have done is sort of group these together. And Sue will be explaining a bit more about that. And you can see the Sunday ones up there in the apps. And that's either midweek and the city or the other way around. I can't remember which one it is. But what we've just tried to do is, in a sense, encapsulate the heart of each one and to invite you uh, to come and be involved. Uh, This is what we believe that we are called to do as a church. And it will be literally impossible, literally impossible without huge and long-lasting congregational involvement. All of us, uh, we are the church. The third point I want to make this morning, uh, in a sense, picks up verses 8 to 11, which is one of several lists of gifts that there are in the New Testament. And in one sense, uh, what it's doing is backing up what Paul's already said, that there is a whole diversity of different gifts. And so we shouldn't seek to be competing with other people or being the same as other people. And there are other uh, lists of gifts in the New Testament. Uh, Romans 12, verses 4 to 5, really important one. Ephesians 4, 1 to 13. Uh, 1 Peter 4, verses 10 to 11. And so, in a sense, I don't think there is a completely exhaustive list that we can give. I think the fact that the New Testament gives different lists just suggests that there, are, there is a beautiful diversity of gifts, and that we should, uh, by sober self-reflection, decide what it is uh, that we are gifted in, and then how, at this season of life, uh, we can live that out. Certainly for me, a key part of my ending up doing what I'm doing now, feeling called to leadership within the church, was to to very prayerfully, over a period of about six months, pour over that list of gifts and try to fathom, you know, what had God wired me to be and to do. And I've encouraged many other people to do the same. The exercise that we're going to be doing, We Are the Church, does not yet reflect the enormous breadth and diversity of all the different gifts that are listed in the New Testament, but we are well on our way. And so if you feel you've got a gift that you can't see how it would immediately be used within the life of the church, then come and speak to me and we will find a way. One question Uh, Before we close, 
uh, which uh, often nags at me, and I know nags at other people. Uh, what, if at all, is the difference between a natural gift and a spiritual gift? So Paul here uh, talks about spiritual gifts. Uh, so, and and behind, line behind that question might be, well, if I'm a naturally, say, organized person, and I love making things happen, then does that mean that that's what I should be doing within the church? Should I be organizing stuff and making it happen? I just want to say a few things about that. The first is this. I think we believe that all of our gifts come from God. And so finally, I think it's hard to say that there's a big division between what you might call natural gifts and what you might call spiritual gifts. There's going to be a massive overlap between the two because ultimately, all of these things uh, come from God. Uh, secondly, in Exodus 31, uh, we read about a wonderful uh, person called Bezalel who was a skilled craftsman. Now, that in theory was a quote-unquote natural gift that he and others nurtured over time. But when Bezalel is filled with the Holy Spirit, it is to enable him to produce works of great beauty for the temple. So I love the fact that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Bezalel at that time and in that place was to enable him to be beautifully creative to aid others in worship. And I believe that the Spirit still works in the same way. But Paul, who had been Saul, was convinced that after becoming a Christian, he could put to good use his background. His background was as a wealthy, high-ranking, high-born Pharisee. You know, a, a real sort of a, a big cheese, big apple in the Jewish world. And so he felt, who is better placed than me uh, to tell my fellow Jews, uh, particularly uh, the posh ones, uh, about Jesus? But the Holy Spirit persistently made clear that Saul's call was to take the gospel not to his fellow-born Jews, but to the Gentile world. And the Holy Spirit took him in a new direction, away from what he saw as his natural gifts and inclinations. So I think it's, it's a tiny bit complicated. And I think many of us feel uh, that, uh, in a sense, the place that we start is looking at uh, where our passions lie. The, the things that make us come alive. And for different people, that's different things. Uh, but this passage teaches, teaches clearly that we all have gifts from God uh, if we are Christians, and that we are to use those gifts in the service of others. And so therefore, we're encouraging you to take this uh, month as a time uh, to think uh, about uh, your own life, your own service here, uh, what that has meant, uh, what that will mean. Talk about it with other people. Come and talk to us if you like. Uh, what are my gifts? Uh, what's the time I've got available in this season of my life? Most of us, if we're honest, are going to need to dial up uh, sacrifice and generosity uh, because there's so much in us that pulls back uh, from that and, and doesn't want to get uh, overly involved. Uh, one or two of us will maybe need to dial it down. Uh, we will see. But then all of us pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit, uh, remembering the huge diversity of gifts that the Holy Spirit bestows, and together straining to work uh, for the common good.
This passage's view of the church is as a dynamic, diverse powerhouse with every Christian aware of their Holy Spirit gifts and using them for the common good. It's an exciting vision. It's a compelling vision. It can happen here, but it's up to you. Amen.